Welcome to another podcast from InsideCarolina.com, the independent voice of UNC sports. Brought to you by JohnnyTShirt.com, the go-to provider for all your Tar Heel gear. Welcome to the Inside Carolina podcast, sponsored by Johnny T-Shirt and JohnnyTShirt.com. I'm your host for this one, John Siegley, joined by Ross Martin and Greg Barnes. We are recording the day after the 2019 ACC kickoff which this year happened in Charlotte. Ross, Greg, you guys were on site. Ross, start with you, man. When you arrived there at the Westin in Charlotte for this year's media kickoff event, you know what was the overall vibe? Was it different than last year, in your opinion? Uh, I mean, I got there on Wednesday, which is the Atlantic Day. I just think you know Clemson has distanced itself so much from the other teams that it's become kind of the the Dabo Sweeney Clemson show. Um, tons of media for, for them. They have a lot of like blogs and radio, tons of, of Clemson area and South Carolina area radio. So I think that's a huge thing. I think a lot of coaches were asked about Clemson and obviously that's, you know, that's the jewel of the conference and everyone is trying to get to that. Um, and so that would be a major takeaway overall from, um, from definitely from Wednesday and Mac Brown talked about, you know, having to play Clemson and that's kind of the, industry standard right now so i would go with that um and then of course the new coaches are always exciting uh certainly mac brown kind of coming back uh, georgia tech had a new coach i couldn't tell you what georgia tech coach looks like jeff collins um manny diaz as well and i'm missing uh, oh and scott satterfield so those are the new guys in town so uh, of course kind of seeing them and, and getting some pressures from them is also interesting I and mean, i'm sure we'll get some more mac brown unc stuff as well Oh, yeah, that's going to be the highlight, definitely. So, Greg, when, when you arrived there in Charlotte, like, set the scene from us from, from your perspective. Did you get there on Wednesday, or were you there only Thursday? Yeah, I went down Wednesday morning. Uh, we, you know, at, at that point, we had not seen a UNC uh, media guide, and we had not seen a UNC roster you know, since Mac Brown arrived in Chapel Hill last November. Uh, so kind of our, our intent was, well, you know, they – they didn't want to put one out because they wanted you know, players to earn their spots on the team during spring ball and during off-season workouts, which I get. So we had to make sure we were down there in order to take advantage of that. But, yeah, it's, uh, it used to be at either Pinehurst or Grandover uh, in Greensboro all the time. And so you would go and, uh, you know, they would have coaches on one day and they would have players on another day. And they had a big golf tournament to kind of kick it off. Uh, and so it was very, um, very much kind of a celebration before you got into the, the nitty gritty. And they've kind of done away with the golf um, for a variety of reasons. But because they did away with the golf, you don't have to have it at Pinehurst. You don't have to have it at Grandover. And so they started having it uh, in downtown Charlotte. And so they've got you really kind of packed in. Uh, Typically, it's at the Westin for football, and then they do basketball over at the Ritz, you know, over by the, the arena. Uh, but the the media room where we all had to go in there and work, I mean, it was like a can of sardines. So it reminded, me, reminded me a little bit of like NCAA, NCAA tournament stuff. Um, but it is it's so condensed that everybody's really kind of right on top of one another. And so like, like Ross said, you really do get a sense of the vibe. Uh, because 
you're hearing everybody talking about Clemson. It, one of the funny things, I think the, the kind of great way to explain what Ross is talking about is the coaches and players for each team will take the, the stage where they have the press conference. And that's what you see on TV. They'll have half hour up there, but then uh, print and internet media, we get them for about 45 minutes and they just put them at a table and then everybody kind of crowds around and just barns them with, with questions. The very first question that Matt Brown gets in his return to North Carolina, his first ACC kickoff, he's been gone for 20 years is about Dabo. <laughs> and, uh, you know, Mac loves Dabo, has a lot of great things to say about him. But that was the first question, and then he, he probably asked three or four more after that. So, absolutely, it's the Clemson show. And, I mean, they've won two of the last three national championships. I give them a lot of credit. Uh, but there there was a lot of interest in Mac, too, and kind of why he came back. And that that's kind of the, the tough thing for us is we've covered all that. Mm-hmm. You know, we did that back in November and December and even leading up to spring. But now, because you're at this event, everybody wants to rehash that. And so Ross and I really had to kind of you know, ask more pertinent questions about, you know, what's going on right now? What's the story right now with this team? Yeah, it, we got ton- tons of the same stories that we've heard two or three times now that he says on radio and TV. And it's just like pulling a string and, and having a, 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 a toy <laughs> kind of repeat some of the same stuff. And you're kind of rolling your eyes. But you have to realize there's media from all over and, and TV and local Charlotte media that's trying to get those sound bites as well. This is their chance to do it. So you go along. But it is cool. You do get them for a good 30, 45 minutes just sitting down. And you could kind of ask any questions. It happens during basketball media day as well. You get Roy for an extended period of time where it's, it's really a good chance you can to really flesh out anything you want to talk about. Well, and with Coach Brown, when he first arrived at Carolina, you heard a lot of fans talk about how Mac won the very first press conference that he ever did. Since then, I think he's done really well talking to the media. And so, you know, Ross, when you saw Coach Brown at the media day, is it fair to say that this is very much his element talking about his team to the media, to to people, and trying to get a, a certain message out about the upcoming heel season? Yeah, I mean, he is, I mean, he's great with the media. I mean, he loves it. He loves kind of, he's so polished. He loves the spotlight. Um, he's smooth. He says the right things. He's personable. And, and I mean, he just knows what he's doing. He's been here before. He's coached at the highest level in college. He's coached North Carolina before. Uh, he knows exactly what to say and how to say it. And, um, you know, when you ask a question, he calls you by name and looks you in the eye and, and gives you a very thorough answer. And, and, I mean, sometimes even I mean, too thorough. <laughs> you're trying, you're making eye contact with him, and you're trying to look away. But uh, yeah, this is his element, and um, you know, it's all butterflies, unicorns, and rainbows right now. So I just try and ask players, you know, what has the challenge been? I asked, I asked uh, Mac Brown, what, what any challenges? And, I mean, really, everything's gone so smooth since November. I mean, they they've got the big quarterback recruit. They improved that class by I think thirty points in the rankings. Um, they're rolling now with the 2020 class. The recruiting is is kind of above expectations, and um, you know, spring went well. It doesn't seem like they have too many injuries, and everything's positive. And, and you're you're sitting here and like, man, he hasn't even played a game, you know. So that's that's the next step. But yeah, I mean, he's great. I mean, Max great with the media. It, it's kind of like Roy too. They know exactly what they're doing, and they're very smooth. And 
Mac was just like saying how much he appreciates the media and he, he knows what we're doing and how tough it is for us. And you're like, man, this, this job's not that tough. <laughs> so yeah, I mean, it's great. It's, it's Max Brown. It, it, Mac Brown is a 180 degree difference from Fedora. Cause I was thinking about this earlier this time last year. I remember Greg and I were writing these stories about Fedora after AC media day late on that Wednesday about the whole football thing and the army and the, military and concussions and then the shoe no- news broke right then as well mm-hmm. greg was banging out those breaking news stories and, and there was nothing like that uh yesterday in charlotte yeah positivity has been the theme and like you said i mean so far over the summer it's really continued and greg you know when you guys were talking to coach brown and you guys were really trying to you know dig into like the the qb competition some of the gaps on the roster and for those that are listening in, the excellent articles by Greg and Ross are on the Inside Carolina Tar Pit Premium Message Board. Make sure that you read those. But, Greg, the question I have for you is that how forthcoming do you think Coach Brown really was? I mean, of course, he's going to give the coach speak, like Ross said. I mean, he's been here before. He knows how to answer those questions. But do you think that he really was trying to give earnest answers to like some of the, uh, some of the difficulties and possibly deficiencies that his team may have for this upcoming season? Yeah, absolutely. I don't think there's any reason for him not to. Um, I mean, he is a salesman. That's what he does. There's a reason he's, he's such a good recruiter. Uh, but he's walking into this situation. He knows that this team has won five games the last two years. Um, he knows that part of that is because of injuries. He knows part of that is because of talent and depth issues. And I, I get people think he, he's trying to undersell a little bit. Um, but he doesn't really have any reason to. Um, and that's one of the reasons I think he really talked about you. They've got to do a really good job coaching this year um, in order to give this team a, a chance to win because there are some deficiencies. And, I mean, he, he loves the running backs. He has a lot of high, high marks for Javante Williams. Um, and you know, we just keep getting his name uh, thrown at us time and time again. And so clearly he's the guy to, to kind of watch out for. Tight ends, we knew they were going to be good. Mac thinks they're going to be good. He actually feels pretty good about the, the safety position. But then from there, it's like, okay, well, defensive lines, the starters are good. There's no depth whatsoever. Linebackers, as he said, they're all over the place because you got like Chas Surratt, who was a quarterback last year. Yeah, you know, they, they expect big things out of Asante coming in, but he's a freshman. Uh, Gimmel played good in spring, but he's got to get bigger. Uh, Dominique Ross, good uh, rushing the passer, not so good in coverage, which you know, if you've watched Carolina basketball or football the last couple of years, you, you kind of know that. Uh, you, you talk about offensive line, he thinks there's talent there, but they've got to get their mindset right. They've got to do what uh, Stacey Searles wants them to do. Quarterback, you got <laughs> three freshmen in that room. So I don't think he's blowing smoke. I think he's saying, look, this is the situation that we're in. And we don't have that much more talent than pretty much everybody else we're going to play. So if we don't do a good job coaching, we're not going to win many games. And then he kind of gets into the, you know, the schedule, which as we've talked about before, this first five, six, seven games are tough. Um, And so I I don't think he has any reason to kind of, you know, undersell. I mean, clearly as when they came in, they knew that injuries played a big role in why, this team lost so many games. So 
the ceiling is a lot higher than what it looks like from the last two years. Beyond that, I mean, it's I don't I don't know that there's enough talent here and enough depth to be saying, oh yeah, well you, we're not going to be any good, and then secretly say, well we're going to win eight or nine games. Yeah, I actually just listened to some of the audio that I think you were referring to there with the deficiencies, Greg. Um, and I think a big thing for fans and listeners to take away is, man, there are some, there's some definitely some talent, and I think Fedora recruited pretty well um, in, at, at the starter level. And I think depth is the big concern. You see, um, yeah, like at linebacker, there's there's a couple of good players, but you don't know what you have, and it's a, it's a, there's no depth and. There's not much depth at D-line, but they feel really good about Strobridge, Crawford, Tamon Fox, and that first level. And there's there's no one really standing out a wide receiver beyond Daz Newsom. So while I think, I mean, this is, a, this is a situation where a couple injuries could really derail the talent on this team because they haven't built that depth. And that's because of of just some recruiting misses here and there. And, and yeah, and, and just not being able to, to develop guys and, and get – the, the top guys in multiple recruiting classes. Um, so that is an important thing to take away because I think there is talent. It's just there's not a lot of depth at a lot of positions. Right. Yeah, and, John, think- we've talked about this a lot over the years, and this is what you analysts talk about all across the country. At the college level, um, you're going to find diamonds in the rough. You're going to find guys locally that maybe a, you know, a big program overlooked He's going to be a good player for you. I mean, we can just go through North Carolina's history over the last 20 years, and there's a ton of good players that have played at UNC. But the problem is, is that while a lot of teams have some good players, and like Ross said, maybe their starting lineups are pretty solid. You know, Clemson can lose like its entire defensive front like it did a couple years ago, and it's almost as good, if not better, the next year. And that's what separates these elite programs because they have five stars backing up five stars. And Jay Bateman talked about this back in the spring is that the biggest thing for him in terms of like pace of uh, time of possession, pace of play is that by you playing with Phil Longo now, clearly you're going to get more possessions in and where at army, he felt pretty good about his starting lineup. He felt pretty good sending them out there against Oklahoma because he knew there's only going to be like eight possessions. <laughs> um, but when you double that to 16, now you're saying, okay, well, we're either going to absolutely tax our starters and they're not going to be as good in the fourth quarter, or we've got to use our backups and our backups aren't near as good as our starters. Um, and so I think that's, I think there's some confusion there amongst the, the fan base of saying, well, we've got these guys. These guys are good. They'll be draft picks. Yes, they will be. Uh, but they're not backed up by draft picks right now. And so that's the challenge. That's the importance of building depth. Yeah, and I think for this year's UNC team, the depth at the offensive line and defensive line are going to be the two biggest issues. And Mac Brown even talked about it. You guys reported it. It's in the stories that are available on the message board. So I definitely think it's going to be an area of concern. Let's go ahead and take a very quick commercial break, though, to talk about our friends and sponsors, Johnny T-Shirt and JohnnyT-Shirt.com. They are a Franklin Street tradition, an absolute staple there in Chapel Hill. They provide the very best UNC gear to UNC fans. They are alumni-owned, they have the best customer service, and they are where you need to go on game day to get your brand new Mac is Back t-shirts. 
The season is only a few short weeks away, so make sure that you get that now. You can shop either on Franklin Street or on GiantTShirt.com. And remember that Inside Carolina Premium subscribers get that 10% off when shopping at Giant T-Shirt. The code is located on the Inside Carolina Premium message boards. So make sure that after you sign up, you head over there, get your 10% off, and go shopping at Giant T-Shirt or GiantT-Shirt.com. All right, guys, let's get back to the podcast now. And one of the things that I felt that Mac Brown talked about that really kind of lit a fire on the message board was how he challenged the fans to show up in Keenan Stadium. And, you know, Ross, were you surprised at all that Mac kind of brought that up at this point? Because I think he really is trying to keep the positive message going, knowing that Carolina fans just went through two seasons of five total wins and getting people there in Keenan Stadium, despite the overall declining numbers in college football attendance, it's just something that Mac really seems to be putting a priority on. What was your take on that? Yeah, I mean, I think he's using this platform now where he has, he's in the good grace of everybody and everything's uh, everything's positive to, to encourage fans to come out and, and build on that excitement and build on recruiting momentum and and kind of uh, play into the, the hope he's selling right now. And I don't think it was it was anything crazy that he he made that plea to fans a couple times yesterday, and that is one of the things that stood out. I think he did it once or twice in the uh, at the podium during like I guess you would consider it more of a press conference scenario, and he said it a couple times in various forms during the breakout sessions with print media. Um, and I mean it's it's something that I guess every UNC coach has done. It's, it's something they're going to struggle with, and I think Mac got it to a point when when he was here in the '90s where. Keenan was packed and, and things have changed. And I, I think the fan base is really worn down with the scandal and then uh, and then two back-to-back two-win seasons. So it is certainly going to be a challenge. And it'll be interesting to see because the schedule gets very tough. And I know we've talked about the schedule some in previous podcasts. and something we will explore more, I'm sure, in a larger podcast. But, I mean, I, I talking talk with friends and whatnot, I mean, this team could start out one and five or, or maybe two and four is, is, is a realistic as well. So... Uh, that big game in Miami is huge, and then you got App State. So there's a lot of challenges uh, at the beginning of the season, and the fan, he's trying to get build momentum now and get the fans out early because who knows what it could turn look like uh, midway through the season. Yeah, this is not a new thing. I mean, yeah, before the, the before the spring game, Mac stressed the need for the the fans to come out. We we <laughs> kind of saw how that turned out. So. Um, yeah, one of the, the fascinating aspects of this, and we'll hopefully be able to dive into this with Mac uh, in the coming weeks to, to months. Uh, but apparently, he was not happy with the the crowd at the Duke game and his last season, mm-hmm. um, because you know North Carolina had this top five team in the country, and yet the, stat, the stands weren't packed. So he understands that dynamic with UNC football, and I, I think. I think what you're seeing and kind of what I heard uh, Max say uh, without you know, actually saying it, but was that he has asked for some things from the administration and the administration has provided those things. You know, he wanted a new weight room. He got a new weight room. He wanted renovated locker rooms. He got that. He wanted to update the players lounge because that's what the players wanted. He got that, right? They've got the indoor, indoor facility. Uh, there are plans in the works, in the conversation. Uh, to to expand and update you know, the the Kenan Football Center, so everything seems to suggest that the administration is doing what he's wanting to get North Carolina 
up to that next level? Well, where are the fans, right? Because if you talk about Texas, you talk about Georgia, Alabama, Clemson, Florida State, uh, Virginia Tech even to some extent. Their fans show up and they're loud and, and that really helps on recruiting and, and those types of things. Well, that's been an issue for North Carolina for a variety of reasons. Um, you know, he's talked about needing to, to recruit better. You know, somebody asked him about, how do, you, how do you get this defense back to where it was back in 96, 97? And what does he say? Recruiting. <laughs> you're not going to coach uh, you lesser talent to that level. You, you've got to have the players to do it. And so he understands recruiting is important, and he understands you know, to reach that next level, the fan support has got to improve. And so this is not the first time he's challenged the UNC fan base. He will continue to do it. We'll hear it throughout the fall because as happy as they want to be with his return, they've got to show it. Um, and it's not, it's not the inside Carolina message board people. I mean, those are the diehards. Those are the people that go to games. Those are the people that care. It's the casual fan you know, that doesn't know about Sam Howell. It's the casual fan who's like, wait a minute, Chad Surratt's the linebacker now? Those are the people that you've got to reach, and those are the people that, that kind of have to show up because the diehards are going to be there. And so I, that's that's kind of the unique dynamic of it is that Max seen this you know, for years and years and years. We're getting some Greg Barnes impressions this morning. Love <laughs> yeah, that. that was pretty uh, good. <laughs> uh, was it, oh, like he, Mac Brown, he, he can't have been happy about the spring game attendance either. I mean, he was talking about how they got to pack the stadium for the spring game, and I was like, man, this is not Texas. You're not going to get 50k out on a on an April. I think it was Masters Saturday. That moving day uh, at the Masters, yeah. Exactly. I mean, it's just it's different, and I, he'll realize that. But I, I mean, I think there is a lot of excitement on Mac Brown, and it's all going to come down to winning and kind of the chicken and the egg thing, winning and recruiting, and you got to get the players in and develop them, and then you start winning. So we'll see how that goes starting next year. All right, guys. Kind of one of my final questions here. I thought it was very interesting how. Mac was asked about in-state recruiting. Next year, Carolina will play Wake Forest, App State, Duke, NC State. And, you know, Mac said that those were huge games. And reading that, you the fans can kind of envision Mac Brown saying that on the podium, but you guys actually watching it, when Mac did answer that, you know, did he kind of place an extra emphasis there through his voice like was he more animated when he was talking about that in-state battles and really winning the state of North Carolina when it comes to recruiting Greg let's get your thoughts on that first yeah certainly and he's kind of said that uh, before as well but if you look at what he did the first time is that you know, he, he he took over a program and had a couple one in ten seasons uh, and decided that, look, we've got to recruit all the best players from North Carolina, and then if we need to, to pick some from around the, the other states, we can. And I think one of the problems that coaches have had since then at North Carolina is that they cast too wide a net. And they say, oh, well, this kid's from uh, you know, Pittsburgh. He, he's a great player. If we can get him, that would be very successful. Or this kid's from California. I think he's a great player. Uh, let's get him to come. And then what happens? You know, sometimes the kids get homesick, all these kind of things. You know, Mac was talking about how, you know, I guess he was kidding. He could have been serious. I don't know. But like one of his assistants mentioned a, a great player from Montana. And Mac's like, the kid can't get here <laughs> from there. And it's like impossible. Like he doesn't know anything about us. 
And I, I think it's a very unique approach is it's saying, you know, what we have to understand who we are. We have to give kids a reason to come to North Carolina and they have to have a tie to North Carolina. They have to have a family member that maybe was a big Carolina fan growing up or you know, they can make a three hour drive and family can come see him play. Um, and it's it's if you listen to him, you're like, wait a minute. Is he is he just saying that that's got to be the focus and you're going to just you not recruit some of these other big names? And that's essentially what he says. Now, he also says, you know, if there's like elite talent guys you know, outside of the state of North Carolina, they'll go after them. But they're not going to fill their roster with with average players from other states. Um, and so when you when you take that idea, then you start saying, OK, well, if we're going to win all the recruiting battles in state, we can't be losing games to NC State or to App State or to UNCC or to Duke or to Wake. We've got to beat all those teams. And that's what he did his first time. And so, yeah, I think I think those are the most important games on the schedule for him. Um, and that hasn't always been the case. You know, coaches you view things differently. But you know, e- even more so than some of the ACC games, I think those are the most important because if you can win those games consistently, then you, you have an edge in-state recruiting that allows you to kind of build up your roster. And then you can really say, okay, well, now we've done that. Next step is to start beating ACC teams. And then once we start doing that, we can start winning some of these other big games and bowl games. Now we're, now we're rolling. Now we're winning these double-digit games. Uh, and that's, that's kind of how he's building it from the, the bottom up. And so the first step is winning games in the state of North Carolina. And so certainly that's, that's why that's so important to him right now. Yeah, I mean, from day one, Mac has been stressing in state recruiting. Nothing different really to add there from what Greg said, but he will pick the best players from, I think, Florida and Georgia. I think Fedora really recruited Georgia well, and those will be in Virginia. I think with Dre Bly and and some ties they have there will be important as well. Um, But, I mean, if you listen to the football recruiting podcast with Don and I, you'll you'll see that there's tons of talent in the 28 one class coming up here so they're saving scholarships because the 2021 class is loaded and they already have i think at least over 12 recruits or so in the 2020 class from in-state and they got a big one with miles murphy so uh, they're they're kind of walking the walk in terms of the in-state recruiting um and that's good to see for unc fans as well um and i think most coaches think they can they can win with the talent in state and we'll see how that how that kind of breaks down once once those players and the Mac Brown recruits get into the program and become important players to this team. I just think it's also very important that, you know, Mac does have that energy. I mean, that's something that you guys have talked about and, you know, reading between the lines from the reports, you can just see that, you know, Mac seemed to be excited to be at this year's ACC media kickoff day. And that's not always been the case for UNC coaches or coaches in general. So let's wrap it up with this, guys. Greg, what were you hearing from the other media people or just in general about UNC's um, media? And, you know, that could be from what people were saying about Mac, the players. What was the overall takeaway that you think people had from the UNC portion of this year's football ACC media kickoff? Well, I think Mac's been around for so long and he he does what he does. So I don't think there's really any any surprise. And it, you, what I heard in Charlotte's kind of what I've heard the last several months is that people walk in, reporters walk into Chapel Hill in the Mac's office for these off-season interviews, 
and like Ross said, they, they kind of leave and it's all rainbows and, and everything because it's what Mac does. He, he convinces you that things are going to get better and that they can get the talent and that they get good, bright young coaches and all these things. Um, and so as a salesman, he's, he's ideal and he, he has a unique quality because he's been at Carolina before he knows what it takes. And so people know that he's going to recruit. Well, people know that he's going to get media support, which is what Larry Fedora uh, struggled with, obviously. And so that foundation is set. Now what happens, right? I think everybody's anxious to see, okay, so he's won the off season. He's doing great recruiting. What's this team going to look like? Like how big of a deal were those injuries the last two years? How much talent is actually on this team? You know, can this team really compete for the coastal? Uh, and more so than this year, we've talked about this uh, on podcasts before the summer. Um, everybody's excited about this year. It's Max's first year back. I, I think this year, though, will tell us about expectations for 2020 and beyond. Because if this team is very competitive and this team gets to a bowl game and you know, maybe comes close to winning games that maybe they shouldn't, then everybody's going to be like, wow, this, this is a young team. This is the first year. Uh, he's he's going to do this. But I think right now there's still some trepidation about, you, you know, is he too old? Is there enough talent? Does he have time to get all this done? You know, Some of these coaches are, are pretty fresh at the Power 5 level. Um, and so cautious optimism, I guess, is probably an accurate way to say it. Although I'm not sure there's there's a truly an optimistic aspect of media. Um, but but I think they understand that he does his job well. How is that going to translate on the field, especially in his first year? All right, Ross, you have the final word here. Let's get your overall takeaways and anything that you heard about UNC at the kickoff. Yeah, I mean, it's just, uh, you listen to Mac, I don't think he has many enemies or no one's really talking bad about him. I think he's uh, very close with a lot of ESPN people as well. So, I mean, it's a lot of positive things right now, as we mentioned. I mean, just look at their schedule. I I think it's going to be tough sledding, as I mentioned. Um, Nothing really different there. I made a bet with Greensboro News and Records, Ed Harden. I mean, Ed Harden thinks that they're going to lose to App State. I mean, that's that's one of the games I think they have to win. and then, and then Wake Wake Forest is going to be a tough one at Wake and Georgia Tech. They're going to they're having you know similar things with a new coaching change and completely changing their um, offense. So that be a, that could be a game they could win early, but that's also in uh, Atlanta. So it's just a tough schedule, and I, I think fans need to recognize that and temper expectations. I did listen to Buck and uh, and Greg's podcast with Tommy from last week about that, and and, and that was interesting. I think. Five or six wins is kind of the goal, and six would be, I think, a, a really, really good year. Um, other than that, I mean, there's a lot of notes we put on the uh, message boards about um, different transfers and eligibilities there and, uh, and a running back that is off the team right now. Um, and just cool things. I mean, the, they've really changed facilities, and they're going to show the players the new locker rooms and weight rooms on Monday, and I'm sure that will be on social media so that's cool. They've gotten additions. He was talking about getting new carpet and adding things to the players' lounge, like uh, sleeping pods. I got Charlie Heck talking about the sleeping pods and and just things like that. Are just cool new additions to learn about. Um, and yeah, I think one thing is the morning practices. Uh, we saw the schedule. The media schedule was sent out a couple days ago. 
And it, it did look like they're going to continue with the morning practices through um, the, once the season starts, uh, game weeks. And that is that is certainly the case. Max said they're going to they're going to start, you know, six or seven, eight right around that time and probably end up around 10 or 11 and get everything done in the morning so students can focus on class and, and tutoring and all that stuff, um, which is a, a definitely a switch from Fedora era. They, Fedora era, they usually ended practices around six. So we'll have uh, player interviews now around 10 or 11 on weekdays during the season. Um, so that is, that's a significant change. It's, it's a completely different way of, of going through the week. Um, some players will have to arrive at the, uh, at the um, stadium at, at 6 a.m. for stretching and working out and stuff. And I'm going to write about this, I think, a little bit later, but um, a lot of talk about the strength and conditioning, and it's kind of the same stuff we've heard to hear Miles Dorn and Charlie Hex talk about is very all about Coach Hess really focusing on position civic workouts, explosive workouts, not doing the Olympic lifts as, as much. Everything is focused on football movements, explosive speed, quickness, agility, and then stretching. It was a common theme about how that is a lot different than what uh, what went on under Lou Hernandez. So a couple of interesting uh, tidbits on that that we'll get out to you um, in the next couple of weeks. Are you able to divulge the terms of your bet on uh, the App State game? Uh, I mean, it's like five bucks. Oh. It was nothing crazy. Hey, that's big money for uh, the newspaper industry. <laughs> yeah, and Ed Harden's kind of from that that Western North Carolina area, but See, they have uh, a new they have a new coach as well. But I mean, can you imagine? You know, they lo- maybe potentially lose to Miami, and then and then also lose to App State. I mean, that that would not be a great start, uh, no matter uh, how much grace Mac Brown has won here in the offseason. No, I wouldn't see. I was hoping that the terms of bet would be like Ed would have to give you a bottle of that mountain moonshine and you could turn over, I guess, maybe like a craft beer, something from the triangle area. I don't know. What about you, Greg? Any 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 wagers made at the ACC media kickoff this year? No, I'm 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 not into the uh, the gambling phase yet. I'm curious (laughs) once once if and and when it becomes uh, acceptable to bet on college sports because John Swafford is, is still against it, but maybe once it's legal, we'll start having some, uh, some legitimate wagers and maybe that will make reporters pay a little bit more attention to the uh, preseason polls. How about that? I think that's a good point, Greg. We'll just have to see how that transpires in North Carolina. Um, and from there though, I think we can go ahead and wrap this one up. Ross, Greg, thanks for speaking with me this morning. Hope that you guys have a good weekend. Thanks John. Thanks John. Thanks for listening to another podcast from InsideCarolina.com. Brought to you by T-Shirt.com. Where to go for your next Tar Heel gear purchase.